Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. Well, we could not be any more excited to be sitting down with the two of you. And you actually are kicking off. We are having a parenting in the trenches section on this season of the podcast. And y'all are our first parents in the trenches. Oh, wow. You're kind of walking out of the trenches a smidge, but parenting in the trenches. And we respect the two of you immensely. Just who you are, how you both live, the words that we have heard you say. And so we felt like y'all would be amazing. And we want y'all to tell them a little bit about, you know, who you are and your background. We'll throw out, Sterling, you're a very beloved physician in Nashville. And I also have to say, what was the list that you were on, like one of the most handsome? What was it, Tina? I will tell you, he is one of the 25 most beautiful people in Nashville. Mm. My husband. <laughs> and we're here I'm to confirm that to be true. Yes, we're we sitting are. with two beautiful people yes, right we now. Are. Oh, you guys are so sweet. And you're a dear friend and board member who has contributed so much to our board. Yes. And- well, we're so thankful. Both of us are very thankful and honored to be here. The feeling is mutual. We love you guys. And you're the parents of two remarkable humans. Yes, you are. Will you talk a little more about those two amazing people? Well, Kristen, who is our eldest, she is currently at Stanford starting her PhD work. Amazing. Y'all. Yes, we're very proud of her. Just very moved proud. her in. She completed two years of uh, graduate school work in the UK uh, at Oxford and at the University of Edinburgh. So we're happy to have her back on this side of the pond. Yes, of course. And what's her PhD in? Her PhD is going to be in English literature. Wow. Like Sterling said, she spent the past two years in the United Kingdom as a Marshall Scholar. Her first master's from Oxford was in English literature. And her second master's that she just finished up at University of Edinburgh is in intermediality. It's literature and film and arts, and yes, my eyes are getting big too, is something that <laughs> I don't quite understand. But it's was. a combination wow. of the things she loves, literature and film. So two master's degrees and now a PhD. Wow. Yes, that's the way she likes to do things. So, <laughs> I yes. had breakfast tacos this morning. Those are my accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> She's brilliant. She is brilliant. And, and so remarkable. Yes. And so we're excited for her to be back mm. in the States, like Sterling said. California is still far, but we will take that. That is, you know, much closer. And then our second child, Emmanuel, he just started his second year at Penn. So he's in Philly, and he is hoping to be a physician following wow. the footsteps of his father. I didn't realize that. Oh. Yes. And so, so he's having a wonderful he's time hard. there. He's working hard. Yes. He's doing very well. And we are just so happy to mm-hmm. see how happy he is. And we know that that's the right place for him. We can tell he's been planted in a really great spot. Mm. They are cool human beings. Yes, they are. And raised by two cool human beings. Incredibly true words. And honored these two amazing human beings would be with us. And just that we could come together and 
talk a little bit because this season of our podcast is called Raising Emotionally Strong and Worry-Free Kids. And so thinking in that direction as we toss some questions to the two of you, we'd love to start out by asking you, what is a favorite memory or story from growing up that shaped you into who you are? Well, for me, I think where I grew up and uh, my family uh, structure, very, very key. I grew up in Detroit. Mm. As most people will know, Detroit in the 80s was a very tough place to be, very tough place to grow up. I think that the grittiness, but in conjunction with my family being very, very intimate, my mom homeschooled me Wow! just for elementary school. So I think that that gave me a sense of comfort, a sense of my parents were always there for me. My father spent a lot of time with me as well. So I think the combination of feeling very secure in my home, but yet knowing that you, you have to go out into an environment that's very tough. So mm-hmm. catching these city buses to school. Wow. Uh, was part of my experience. And I think that that shaped the secureness and the emotional secureness that I wanted to bring to my family, mm. but also the need to be able to go out in the world and to explore, be able to go to the UK to go to school. Did you go there for college? No, no, no. My daughter being Chris able to go. Yeah, yes. watching her do it. That's hopefully the kind of toughness that we've been able to pass on to our children. Mm. So definitely the memory for me is how I was raised, mm. how I grew up. I am from a small town, Phoenix City, Alabama, and both sides of my family are from there. And they both come from large families. Mm. So I grew up with a lot of cousins, aunts and uncles, both sets of grandparents, and I even had great-grandparents. So I grew up in a small town and had this amazing community of people that knew me that loved me, that cared for me. My best friends were my cousins. Mm. It sounds like y'all were the whole town. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if you weren't related to me, then you knew the person I was related to. Wow. So it was a wonderful time mm. in my life. And I just think of it, and I think about, wow, those relationships, that intimacy, and mm. being known, mm. and how I am as an adult, those are things that I strive for. I love being in a close-knit community. I love being known. I want people to know me for who I am. And I think that really is a part of how I was raised, just being able to be surrounded by so much love Mm. and being known. That's amazing. I would wish that for anyone. It's a great thing. Mm -hmm. It's really, really great. Yeah. Thinking about your kids' ages and being a little older, and we're talking, as David said, about helping kids be emotionally strong and worry-free, although we know living in this world, it's not fully worry-free. But what would y'all say helped contribute to that in your kiddos? As we both said, I think that when you listen to our backgrounds, even though my wife had a much more rich, extended family mm-hmm. and smaller town, we both had that intimate feeling yes. in our homes. Yes. We had the feeling of being supported by that family unit. And I think that that's what we brought to our children, that they would feel the ease of being vulnerable, that they would be able to feel like they could be their honest selves with us, that we provided them them time for that. A lot of time. <laughs> that is something that <laughs> yes. was very important to yes. us, is to make sure there was always a lot of time. So there was time for the conversations, mm. time for the 
I would say the talking, you mm-hmm. know, and the talking are the questions, mm-hmm. the answers, the mm-hmm. I don't knows, but then that vulnerability that you were speaking about, mm-hmm. Sterling, that came out mm-hmm. from that family time. Yes. And that allowed us an opportunity to redirect if we could and be honest with them about ourselves as well, but kind of point them to faith Mm. and maybe what God has in store for them. But definitely a lot of family time. That's just the theme for us. As you're saying that, were there moments along the way, thinking about maybe especially in adolescence, were there times that you wanted to have family time and they were not sold? And if so, how did you accomplish it? So let's take Kristen, okay. who was also at the time doing theater and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there would be a production or something going on, mm-hmm. and it's busy for her. There would be times where there's something in her mind that's very, very important, and that should happen before or without her for family time. And that was a time where we would actually negotiate. Negotiate, <laughs> alter. Redirect. Redirect. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore the eye rolls. Was that in there? Yeah. Yes. I'm, yes. What? Eye roll? Our daughter? You must know her. I think one of the things that we did is try to embed family time in things that needed to be done, such as dinner. Mm. Absolutely. So everyone needs to eat, even if it was late. Absolutely. We were able to say, okay, well, you're not going to be home until late. Practice doesn't end. You still have to eat. We don't want you grabbing something on the way home. We're going to have dinner together. At nine o'clock. Yeah. Even if dinner was short that night, we really made a strong effort to have dinner together. And with our kids being five years apart and Emmanuel being behind Kristen, of course, he wanted to wait because at that time he was still like, I want to have dinner with the family. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until he got older and he was playing tennis and he had other things going on. And it was just the three of us at home. And now the two of us are saying, okay, we know you have homework when you're coming home from tennis. And, you know, for a little while, he would talk about his homework, but then it eventually would turn around to him saying, so what's mom cooking for dinner? Oh, so it was turned okay. into a time mm-hmm. that he really enjoyed, that he knew we were going to sit down mm-hmm. and he had attention from us mm-hmm. and we were going to be able to talk. So, Well, and the other piece is you're an amazing cook. Oh, that really helps that, that everyone, the kids, you. would look forward to because it it was not just, you know, your mundane dishes. We were having also buco. We were having. Wow. Yes. I mean, she was spending the time to make sure that it was something to look forward to. Mm. And this is just. And weird. to linger over as well. Yes. Yes. And my waistline can, <laughs> can attest to that. But those were the times that it really made it easier to pull your preteen or your teenager in because it's something that they needed as well. Yes. And also in the preteen years, taking them to activities, mm-hmm. that time in the car was always the time to get great conversations out. We say family time, but it wasn't a, all right, from six to seven, right. we're going to do family time. Yeah. It was making sure that we had time with them doing other things. Mm, and it sounded like you worked with their lifestyle, but you were we still did. creatively committed to it happening. Mm. And we would switch things up too. I remember there was a time where we would switch who took which kit to school because like you said, it would either be driving them to 
a function mm-hmm. or driving them to school, these are when the conversations can happen. And so, okay, well, let's switch. Now it's my turn to take Emmanuel to St. Paul and your turn to take Kristen to Harpeth Hall because, I mean, it's not a long time, but it is time. Right. All of it counts. All of it counts. All of it counts, yeah. (laughs) We were definitely counting all of it. Sissy, one of my favorite parts of our book, Are My Kids on Track?, is the four spiritual milestones. Sadly, we can't take much credit for that part, can we? Nope. Our dear friend and boss, Melissa Trevathan, gets the credit for that. I love the milestone of foundation and how Melissa talks about how to instill a love for God's Word early in development. Mm, Me too. And the folks at Lifeway have a new resource to help parents lay that foundation. The Explorer Bible for Kids helps place God's Word in the middle of God's world. I love how the book introductions of each book of the Bible help kids understand the key truths and takeaways, including the who, what, when, where, and why. I love how the exploring creation sections help kids understand Bible stories in comparison with modern day experiences. I think so many boys will love how the excavating the past images connect the dots between the Bible and archaeological discoveries. To learn more, go to explorerbibleforkids.com. Buy your copy today from lifeway.com and get 50% off using code RBG. So much of what you both are sharing is such a picture of one of the reasons that we wanted to have you Mm -hmm. on this podcast. The first reason is just because we're so crazy about the two of you and we enjoy and respect you so much. We just would take advantage of any opportunity to be in the same room with you two. You guys are so sweet. Secondly, because you bring this wisdom and perspective as parents of young adults to the equation. We have so many parents who are listening who have younger kids and the gift of folks who've traveled this long road of parenting to speak to things. And I'd love to ask you both, having the perspective you do now, as you look back What's something that you worried about as a parent that you wish you hadn't worried so much about now? Oh, my goodness. Milestones. Mm. Checkpoints. Mm. Awards. Mm. Are we bad for not putting them in travel sports? Mm. I mean, all those normal things that Mm. we hear about, we definitely, definitely had those questions. Mm. We would talk and we would still do things the way we wanted to do them. But we would try to worry less <laughs> about it, just having our conversations about what's important to us. What do we think is God's plan for them? We don't know. We have to give it some chance to happen here. Yes. But we can't keep up with that pace. Mm. And we would just look around and with our children and the things they were already doing. But we would worry about that, and we mm. would think— What's the saying? Keeping up with the Joneses? Yes. It's very true. Yes. And that happened. And worse than ever. And that happened in our house. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just so difficult not to want to have your kid as scheduled as the kids next door. Sure. And just to make sure that their schedule is as full as it possibly can be and that they're doing every particular sport and every activity because they're going to be stars in whatever they do. And that's just not the case. Mm. Well, sometimes you worry that. Well, what what back, if it we, is the case? And yeah. we just and we messed, messed it, it up. them from being, <laughs> yes. they would have been in the NFL and we didn't let them play football, whatever it is. Yes, yeah, sure. When they were two. Right. <laughs> two, yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a great perspective. 
because you valued something different. We do. We Mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. And we're thankful. And as Mm -hmm. they say, hindsight being 2020. But yes, Mm -hmm. that definitely happened. Yeah. As David mentioned, we have a lot of young parents that listen, and we would love to hear now with the wisdom that you have from the years and just who you are, what is something you wish someone had said to you as you were starting the parenting journey? You cannot control everything. (laughs) Say it again, Uh, sister. (laughs) You cannot control everything. And would you like to tell them why I can say that so boldly? Who tried really hard sometimes? <laughs> yes. That would be me. That would be me. You cannot control everything. And trust me, sometimes I tried. Mm. You just can't. And also, I would like to say, I don't want to say that no one ever told me that. That's also important. I think mm. there are a lot of words of wisdom that have been spoken, a lot of truths but have not been internalized, but we're not internalized. There you go. And then when you start walking that walk and you're like, oh, yes, I'd say that to so-and-so. I'm like, you know, my mom might have told me that exact same thing. Mm. So there's Mm -hmm. that. Sometimes it's already there. Mm. But have you really embraced that Mm -hmm. truth? Mm -hmm. Have you done that? It's a great Mm -hmm. thought. Yeah. Good reminder. Yeah. Sterling, as a physician, what would you say is something that you want parents to hear? I think I go back to many of the things that we've been talking about. Uh, I have the opportunity to kind of peer into other people's lives on a daily basis. And we often are commiserating about these types of things. And one of the things that I think comes out over and over again is that we all have the same struggles. Mm. And that as human parents trying to raise our children, trying to spend more time, how do you juggle being a spouse, working, Mm. and then being a parent Mm -hmm. and dealing with these incredible schedules? I really think that trying to work through these types of issues, it just becomes a universal problem. Yeah, so true. One of the things we talk a lot about, because obviously we talk about emotions around here a good bit, (laughs) and we talk about, you know, the importance of letting kids feel their emotions and express those, but having a foundational truth. Mm -hmm. And so as a parent, thinking about different seasons y'all have been through, and some were probably worry-filled and felt emotionally weak you know, <laughs> along the way. Mm-hmm. Are there a couple of truths that you would remind yourself of on the journey that helped you carry through it? Yes. I like that you're laughing <laughs> a little to yourself, <laughs> Tina. Well, Sterling, this is something else between us too, because he'll tell you the way I will often say it at home. God is in control. Mm. But of course, the way I say it is, God's got this. Mm. Mm. But giving credit to Sterling in that one truth, it's God's in control. Mm -hmm. That also comes out of, again, me sometimes trying to control something and us having a conversation and talking together and having to reach that truth over and over again, having to come together and reach that truth. And Sterling, another thing that you would talk about, there's a saying you have about the income, we're in control. Yeah. Still along those lines is that I tell both my kids, and I think we would say this to each other, that we're in control of the effort that we put in. Mm -hmm. We need to put effort into what we're doing, but God is in control of the outcome. That's so good. We don't get a chance to control outcomes. Mm -hmm. We're only in the effort part. 
That's one thing that we have to remind ourselves over and over again, that we want to put the time into our children and right. into who they are becoming and their education and their emotional growth. But in the end, God is in control as to how that's going to play out in their lives. And we have the faith talks, mm-hmm. which is another thing that we say, God loves you more than we do. Mm-hmm. So we're really trying, but having faith and believing in God and, and doing your part, it's not, okay, I don't have to do anything because God is in control sure. and He's got it. So right. what is it about? But it's work at it, mm-hmm. put your work in, and then it goes back to the conversations we had about the vulnerability, that there will be challenges, having someone to talk to about them, and growing strong through those challenges that happen, having a place to take that, being able to use your faith to be able to navigate that, mm-hmm. but in the end, knowing that God's plan is the perfect plan, God's got this. That's good. Mm. Yeah. You too. I know. Sissy, can we talk about one of our favorite things in the world? Tacos. Yes. Absolutely, we can. How do you feel about all the ingredients? for Southwest pork and green pepper tacos being delivered to your front door. Zero grocery shopping involved. I am feeling better by the minute, David. Well, hold your horses. I'm not done yet. If you think kits are too expensive, think again. Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. With food prices at the grocery store going up, I can count on every plate to be a great value week after week. And with every plate, you'll never get tired of the same old, same old. Their recipes change every week, always tempting your taste buds with something new to try. David, what did you do with the money and time you saved? Ordered the chocolate lava cake from every plate. (laughs) Of course you did. Tell folks how they can have that experience. Get your first box for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code RBG149. That's up to $110 value for our listeners. And that will buy a lot of tacos. Yes, it will. We like to end with something fun. So we're going to ask you a two-part question. Okay. First part is queso or guac. The second part of the question is, what's your favorite taco? And we're really curious now that we've heard about you being a great cook over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. I made tacos last night. <laughs> I love fish tacos. Yes. The best. I love fish. Fried. Last night grilled. We okay. had fresh red snapper. Ooh. And he's the grill master. Like, I love to cook, but he's the grill master. And we had... Mm-hmm. In the kitchen. <laughs> and so he had snapper. And I was just like, oh, tacos. So for me, I think you too. Fish tacos? Fish tacos, yeah. Fish I mean, tacos, hands down. Yeah. Mahi mahi, it could be, but mm-hmm. snapper last night was it great. Any, yeah, it could be I any bet. fish. And yeah, then queso for me, I can eat it by the pound. Actually, please don't bring any to my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to bring up for you too the one that you told me to stop buying. You know the store, something special? Yes. Yeah. There, what is that queso, queso dip? Yeah. Yes. Please don't bring it to my house. Don't hurt me like that. <laughs> so good. 
So good. I am a guacamole person. Mm. I like cheese. My husband, because I don't do queso, I mean, he'll just get a whole lot of cheese and melt it and just like do it and it becomes his queso. I'm just like, but guacamole. Guacamole. Do you have a good guacamole recipe? I'm at the point where I just can- Throw it all together. Yes. I like cilantro in mine. People have very strong feelings about cilantro. Yes, they do. do I didn't know that. There's something about the Mm -hmm. flavor in Mm -hmm. It's a real thing. Mm -hmm. I like cilantro in mine. So I, that's one thing. We can still be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Good. You said something, I don't know if you were planning on it being in this episode, but about your kids giving you some feedback. Yes. Before we totally finish out, will y'all talk a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. It was yes. great. It was great. Let them know that we were going to be on the podcast yes. and we were proud and asked them to pray about it and ask them, you know, they're young adults now, just mm-hmm. a couple of things that they yes. wanted to say. And both of them, separate of each other, they both talked about having the family time that Mm -hmm. we mentioned. They talked about having a reliable, consistent, positive home life. Mm. Help them to stay focused. Structure. Yeah. They use the word structure. And also feeling free to talk about whatever was going on in their life Mm. and not feeling like they would be punished, but that we would help them direct them in a certain area. Mm, that is great. Those are great reminders. That made me feel so mm. happy as a mommy. And both yes. of us were like, oh. And so, and it was interesting because this is after we had talked about it and they both talked about structure, family mm. time, yeah. dinner. So now at this age, they're looking back and saying, that was very important. Mm. And fun. And fun. They use the word fun. They use the word you too. Fun. I feel sure. Y'all are so fun. Yes. We're like we're we fun. <laughs> <laughs> we do. You are fun. so fun. fun. <laughs> you are so fun. Yes. And Tina knows the story. Years ago, Emmanuel was playing flag football with my twin yes. boys when they were all in elementary school, and. You know, parents listening, you know what it's like to have to wake at the crack of dawn on Saturdays mm-hmm. for games, and we'd all wake and go out early and throw our blankets on the side of the field to watch. And my wife would pop up on Saturdays. Like, she never did during soccer season or basketball season. And I remember one Saturday saying, you're so excited. And she said, oh, the football's fine, but sitting on the blanket with Tina Barrett is the oh, best part that is the sweetest. Thing. I would come to the game. I know. I love being with people too. Just Thank you for saying that. Oh my goodness. Oh. Yep. You can borrow, you can't have her. Okay. <laughs> can we come over for those grilled fish tacos? I know, absolutely. Like, yep, there you absolutely. go. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That's another the thing. The recipe last night was outstanding. I'm that also made. that person. I love that to be a community type mm. thing in the kitchen. It's always like, let's do this together. Let's have fun <laughs> <laughs> making tacos. Aww. And so, yes. I would welcome you both. Come one, come all. We would love to do it. Love it. Y'all, so many good things. I feel like your hearts are just so intentional. And I love that you're hearing back how the intentionality made a difference for them. Because I think a lot of parents that are listening are not in that space where they're hearing back at all. Yeah. And And we've been there. Yes. Yes. And your kids might even say you're fun someday. Yes. Those are great goals. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, thank y'all you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We yeah. think you're really fun. Yes, oh, we do. Both of you. We know you guys are fun, too. <laughs> we love it. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. Yes. So. Thank you so much. 
That was such a fun conversation. How fun are those two? Oh, they're so fun. I could not love them anymore. I feel like they had such practical wisdom and hopeful things to say about the long game of parenting. I know. And they have such amazing kids. And a great sense of humor, yes. all of which we yes. need to travel this long journey. Right. I was thinking about things that will stay with me from our conversation with mm. them. And I was thinking about, I love when they talked about in busy seasons to include intentional family time and things that need to be done and how easy it is, I think, in this crazy busy time to not remember to factor that in mm. as we're going from point A to point B. And even dinner, that if it needs to be shorter or even later after Nine activities, dinner, yes, that was just great. coming around the table for mm-hmm. a little bit of time together to connect. I love when they both talked about that. Me too. What stayed with you? Well, I think the part about not worrying about your kids missing out and that actually you do worry about it still, but that you decide as a family what you value the most. And that's what you commit the time to, because I think every parent has that fear as they're talking. And I think it's too much. I mean, we would both say it's contributing to anxiety and so many things going on with kids today. We're just, we have too many things going. And to intentionally pull it back and decide what are the things we're committed to, I think is just a great reminder. Yeah. And hands down, that you cannot control everything. Yes. Oh, I love when be she saying, said that. God's got this back to myself <laughs> over and over. And Me too. I loved even the wisdom of her talking about Sterling saying that back to her yes. and the gift that all of us need people in our lives who can remind us that God's mm. got this in those seasons when we may be grasping for too much control or losing sight of that truth. Yes, because he certainly does. Amen. So grateful we got to have this conversation. Thankful for those two folks. Me too. Hi, I'm Jess Wolstenholm, mom of two and director of education and faith formation for Minnow, a streaming service for Christian families. Ever feel like your life as a parent is all about chasing special? So driven by the fear of missing out, we often overschedule and overcommit so our kids don't miss a thing. The irony is, by doing all the things, they're actually missing out on something really important, an emotional milestone Sissy and David talk about on the podcast often, perspective. When every day is perfectly planned and every activity is over the top, is anything ever really special? Their expectations and opportunities are high, but their joy, and ours along with it, is depleted. Maybe we're looking for joy in all the wrong places. True joy is not dependent on what we have or what we do. It's the benefit of a life deeply rooted in Jesus and powered by the joy He brings. I know, it's easier said than done with school and sports and activities, all done well over the top these days. And there's nothing wrong with those things. The only way kids find their unique gifts is to explore. Kids learn to work hard and persevere through achievements but it's never worth it if our family unit falls apart from the stress of it all. And it doesn't have to be hard to access the deep and lasting joy of Jesus in the midst of busy schedules. All we need to do is choose to make room in our lives for things like regular spiritual practices and family time. The only thing I have a fear of missing out on is the abundant life Jesus has for our family. How about you? Whether they know it or not, our kids are looking to us to lead the process. How can you help your family make room for joy this week? It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends and 
Don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.